Hello and welcome to Good News That Actually Is, where three to five sets you free to thrive. Three to five minute encouragements to help your joy by empowering your soul. I am your host, Tim Ashley. But I, I want to bring what I believe is a very important message to you this morning. I think it's important because of the times we're living in. I think it's important because basically if you're going to be a disciple of Jesus, you need to be equipped to, to basically deal with everything coming at you right now. And if you notice the messages I've been bringing are geared toward that angle to equip you and prepare you to face everything going on because the worst thing you can do right now is give in to fear. You can't afford to give in to fear politically. You can't afford to give in to fear uh, medically, emotionally. You can't afford to give in fear in finances. You can't afford to give in to fear in any of these areas because fear is not your friend. Fear is a torment. It is a torment. It will never be your friend. It will never seek your health. It will never look out for your well-being. It is never in its purpose to do you any good. It is always in its purpose to destroy you. As perfectly as it can do it, it's out to do it. It is out to immobilize you, hinder you, keep you from the purpose of God for your life, and keep you out of the flow of your destiny. Fear is the wrong kind of faith. Are you hearing me? So the last thing we need to be doing right now is giving in to fear. So we've got to get these things into our spirit, into our soul. We've got to get these things kicking, working, milling around taking root into our hearts. We need this seed that I'm going to give you today, and it's going to be a seed, but you need to take this seed and plant it into your heart. You know, John, the beloved apostle of Jesus, prayed that his children in the Lord would prosper in all things and be in health just as their souls prospered. John also declared that he had no greater joy than to hear that his children were walking in the truth. You can find those passages in 3 John 2 and 3 John 4. It's in the Bible. So what is soul prosperity? And how do you as a believer achieve it? How do you apprehend it, attain to it? Well, Psalm 119 Verse 50 and verse 130 gives us this advice. Your promise, Lord, revives me. It comforts me in all my troubles. What is it that comforts him? God's promise. The promises of God are not empty. They're not foolish. They're not ridiculous. They are meant to sound impossible because he's the God of the impossible. Are you hearing me? And then verse 130 of Psalm 119 says, the teaching of your word gives light so even the simple can understand. Has anyone here 
ever experienced how hard it can be to live in contradiction? Proverbs 13, 15 says, good understanding gains favor, but the way of the unfaithful is hard. The word unfaithful in the Hebrew means to act or deal treacherously. So let me give you the English definition for treacherously. It means to cheat or to be guilty of deception or betrayal. You know, in psychology, they use the term to describe this. It's called cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance. This is what happens when someone acts against their inner convictions. It is considered to be the root of much mental illness. The reason you cannot give in to fear is fear is never in step with the will of God for your life. Fear will always lead you into an, an inner contradiction. It brings you to a place of living in continual contradiction. Your spirit within finds itself warring against your soul when you're in fear. You're fighting against yourself internally when you let yourself go there. This is what will happen. Now, according to cognitive dissonance theory, when two actions or ideas are not psychologically consistent with each other, people do everything in their power to change the actions or ideas until they become consistent. The mental discomfort is triggered by the person's deep-held belief clashing with the new information they have received. There's a lot of people that are battling this right now in the church and outside the church. Now, when this occurs, their mind wrestles to find a way to resolve the contradiction and reduce the discomfort. You will try to find a way in your soul to explain away what your spirit is trying to rise up and tell you is the right thing. Now, coping with the nuances of contradictory ideas or experiences is mentally stressful. It requires energy and effort to deal with opposite things that seem true based on how real they feel. Now, it's been proven that some people resolve their cognitive dissonance by blindly believing whatever they want to believe. And they speak it over and over to solidify it. Now, Romans 1 offers a scriptural evidence of this kind of behavior. We see it evident there. They wanted rid of God so much they did certain things. They allowed their thought life to go certain places. And they basically disregarded and then they reaped the reward of that disregard. Romans 1 is very descriptive of how this works in the soul of man. Now, Gnosticism, I don't know how many of you are familiar with that term, but 
That was a particular belief system in the first century of the church. It's still present today. Gnosticism. Gnosticism sought to end these nuances of contradiction in the early first century of the church. And they constructed a doctrine to validate pursuing the passions of the flesh, but yet still be perceived as spiritually mature and valid. Then they created false doctrines to justify their hedonism. Do you understand what hedonism is? Living for the pleasures of this world and abandon, right? So they sought ways to justify their hedonism while claiming to have faith. Gnostics taught that that only the spirit matters because everything that's that's in in the natural... Only, only the spirit's eternal. Everything in the natural is temporal. And the body itself is temporal, so it doesn't matter like the spirit does. That's what they taught. You don't need to be as concerned about your body as you do about your spirit. Everything about you is temporal except for your spirit. They wanted to isolate the spirit of man and separate it from any other component of man and then justify their teaching based on because that's true, you can do anything you want and it will not matter. It doesn't matter. They believe that anything done in the body was of no consequence. And this embrace of deception in order to ease the contradiction led to sexual immorality being rampant in the church in the early first century. Jesus addressed this era in one of the seven letters to the churches of Asia in Revelation. The church was submitting to the teaching of a prophetess Jesus calls Jezebel. She was seducing them with the lure of sexual immorality by insisting it was harmless because it meant nothing being uh, temporal in nature and in the body. That's rooted in Gnosticism. A church, one of the seven churches of Asia in Revelation was embracing the doctrines of Gnosticism. Now the glorified Jesus speaking to John in Revelation reveals something really different here. Jesus declares this should not be and will be dealt with so a quick change of mind and heart is well advised on the part of the church. Otherwise, they would experience unpleasant consequences. Jesus even mentioned throwing Jezebel into a sickbed and anyone unrepentant would be joining her there. Now, let me tell you something. You don't have to commit sexual immorality to be in trouble. You can be soft on it. You can agree with it. You can affirm it. And end up in Jezebel's sickbed. God is not okay. Even in this new covenant grace with sexual immorality on any level. Why? Because it is a sin against the body. The body matters. Your body is a temple of the living God. 
It's a temple of the Holy Spirit. It matters. Now, what Jesus says in Revelation seems to align with John's prayer that believers be in health and prosper even as their souls prosper. And I believe that how we think, we feel, and we act has a huge impact on our health and well-being in this life. In other words, there are consequences to our behavior. We are a people of the faith and new creations in Christ. So to not walk in the faith according to who we are in him is a contradiction. And it results in cognitive dissonance. Inner conflict. Inner conflict. To know to do good and do it not is sin. Why? Because it's not a faith. You're now, in the, in, you're now in the snare of contradiction, immobilized from acting the way you should act. And the result is sin. Now this all has to do with how God created us in his own image. You see, God is three persons, but one God. Not three personalities. That would constitute a mental condition. He's not suffering from MPD, multiple personality disorder. He's literally three distinct persons, but one God. One not in a mathematical sense of the word, but in the sense of unity. And we are made in his image. We have a body, a soul, and a spirit. That's what it means to be made in his image. Because of the fall, we're now not in unity within ourselves. One of the damages resulting from the fall was the disunity of man within himself. It's probably one of the most damaging effects of the fall that there is. We became slaves to contradiction within us after the fall. That was a foregone conclusion until Jesus arrived. If you remember, Jesus prayed in John 17 that his disciples would be one as he and the Father were one. Now, it's always been accepted that Jesus was speaking of unity among the brethren, and there's plenty of support for striving to achieve that type of unity in Scripture. We should seek to be in unity together. That's important. But I believe it's, it's also speaking to a disciple becoming unified within his or her self as it pertains to being a new creation in Christ Jesus. This is important that you understand this. God wants us to reconcile ourselves to his redemptive process as a whole, not just in part. A process meant to touch every aspect of our lives, not just our spirit. 
He wishes to save us to the uttermost and prophetically he has accomplished that. But for us to be able to manifest this prophetic reality, we have to learn to submit to the process of sanctification by the Holy Spirit. This is why the person of the Holy Spirit is so important to the body of Christ. Do you understand that if you disregard the Holy Spirit, you are disregarding something within yourself too? Because the component of the Godhead necessary to fix your soul is the Holy Spirit. So you can choose to be a Christian who lives a lifelong experience of contradiction. Or you can choose to be someone who's going to live in the victory that is promised Because you have discovered the significance of every person in the Godhead. And you have opened your heart and mind to each one fittingly so that you can come into unity within yourself. I know I'm preaching a revelation that might be beyond a few of you. Let the seed go down into your heart. Let the seed in. That's what I'm supposed to do. If I'm only on your level when I'm speaking, I'm not doing my due diligence as a leader. Leaders are supposed to be a little bit out in front, amen? So trust that this seed will set set itself up in your heart and the Holy Spirit will continue to speak to you beyond what I'm saying today. Amen? Now, sanctification is when the Holy Spirit reveals the truth concerning Christ and we accept and believe it in our hearts, meaning our spirit. That's what it's talking about when it talks about the heart. It's talking about your spirit, man. We become convinced in our minds, which is where the soul is most active. Mind, will, emotion, right? That's where all that comes from, is in your mind. And desire that our bodies comply with this truth we're reconciling between our soul and spirit. Now where weakness and struggle occurs in our bodies, faith in the finished work of Christ on our behalf is operating so that we're not defined by the failure, but instead reminded of who we are in him So we can keep pressing forward. What are we pressing forward to? The high calling of God in Christ Jesus. What is the high calling of God in Christ Jesus? Unification. Unity within ourselves of a place of surrender to God so that his glory may be seen. Paul says it this way, if you'll open your Bibles to Galatians. This is a main text for this morning. Galatians chapter 2, we'll begin in verse 17, read down through verse 21. I'm going to use the NLT because I love the way it describes it and explains it. It's a little more simple. Verse 17, but suppose we seek to be made right with God through faith in Christ, and then we're found guilty 
because we've abandoned the law. Would that mean Christ has led us into sin? See, he's talking about contradiction, isn't he? Absolutely not. Why not? And see, here's where he's trying to deal with how to reframe your thinking to align with your new man under the new covenant of grace. Look at what he says in verse 18. Rather, I am a sinner if I rebuild the old system of law I already tore down. See, for you to escape contradiction, you have to let go of some old ways of thinking. To lay hold on new covenant thinking so that the life of Christ Jesus may manifest in your body outwardly. A life that's not reliant on the strength of your flesh, but instead overcomes your flesh to bring you into places of divine purpose and destiny that you otherwise could not walk in. In other words, it brings you into the life of that which seems impossible becoming possible because it's God's power working through you now and not your own fleshly strength. But it's not without regard to the body. It's understanding the significance of the body. Just as Paul taught in 1 Corinthians when he said, do you not understand that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? Look at why he's trying to fix the thinking here. Verse 19, for when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. When you're trying to keep the law, you're now relying on your own flesh. You're trying to draw from a finite source to comply with infinite perfection. And it can't be done. So what does he do? I died to the law. Romans 7. I died to the law. I stopped trying to meet all its requirements so that I might, what? Live for God. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live this earthly, in this earthly body, by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. For if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. You know what he's saying? If you had had the capacity within yourself to make yourself righteous by keeping the law, the idea of Jesus coming and hanging on a cross is stupid. Now, Paul, 
is making his appeal to the new creation that believers have become in Christ. When Paul's speaking here, he's not speaking to mere man. He is speaking to the spirit of man. He's speaking into the spirit of man to light a fire. Because believe it or not, your spirit, it sometimes gets frustrated when it's fighting with your soul continuously because you refuse to retrain your soul. And so God will send someone to light a fire in your spirit. A fresh fire in your spirit. Your spirit, man, needs nutrition and nourishment. It needs a word of faith coming into it to strengthen, encourage, and embolden it by the Spirit. Are you following me? This is why being under the Word is so important for believers. Not that we rely on everybody else. It's not that. It's true. The Holy Spirit can teach you all things that you need to know. But see, we are all in this body. And we are all in this conflict. And because we're there, God gives messengers, gifts to the body of Christ. And they are intended to speak into the spirit of man the necessary things concerning Christ to equip the body for the works of ministry. But see, you can't do the works of ministry if you're in contradiction. Because you can't reconcile certain things you're immobilized. Paul's making his case for our dependence upon Christ for the justification of our whole being. Not just our spirit, but our whole being. So going back to relying on your own power to be good will make you a transgressor of the new creature. It makes you go to war within yourself. Our greatest enemy is ourself. When you do that, you're relying on the wrong source to be just. And that always leads to frustration. You end up in contradiction and cognitive dissonance. The only true freedom is in Christ. We ought to submit ourselves to God, be governed by the Holy Spirit, and be transformed from within by Christ the Son. Avoiding any part of this triune process leads to contradiction. And see, you've got to understand, God wants to do a work in every part of you. The redemptive work of the cross is holistic, not singular and compartmentalized. What Christ did at the cross was complete because it didn't leave any part of you out of it. Doesn't leave any part out. If he left part out, it wouldn't be complete. He couldn't have uttered the words, it is finished. 
He could utter the words from the cross, it is finished, because what he was doing in the atonement in the shedding of his blood wasn't just for your spirit. It is for your soul and your body too. It is to take the disunity that occurred in the fall and reverse it. He came to fix you completely. That's why true believers... And new covenant truth and reality ought to be the most sane people who seem insane to the world, but they are the most sane people on the planet because they're not beside themselves. The world thinks they are. They're not because we are reconciling ourselves to the truth in every part of our existence. Are you reconciling yourself to the truth in every aspect of your, your existence? Or are you so busy pursuing worldly pleasures that you are in the state of contradiction? Cognitive dissonance. Listen to what it says in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. If you have your Bible, turn there because you need to under, underline this. Because it's scriptural proof of that what I'm telling you is the truth from God. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. I love this. Paul's praying for the Thessalonian believers. And he says, now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. See the interest of the Holy Spirit in all of you, not just part of you, all of you. The only way you can be set free from contradiction. And the mental illness and anxiety it brings is by surrendering all of who you are to God in full assurance of faith in Christ and as submission to the Holy Spirit. You must come with total faith in his finished work and total surrender. That is the call of God. That's the call. For a long time, the church has stopped at one call. Just merely be born again. But don't go any further. Just be happy that you got your ticket on the train to heaven. I got a mansion just over the hilltop in that bright place there. What really gets you fired up? What really stirs your inner self to rejoicing and thanksgiving and awe, inspiration, opens the eyes of your spirit to divine opportunity?
God wants you so unified within yourself that people marvel and want to know what is the reason for the hope that lies in you? How do you keep doing these things? How do you stay so up? How, don't you see? Have you put yourself in a bubble? Hey, you're not whole because you learned how to check out of your existence. You're not whole because you learned how to check out of your current existence. Because you can escape into your favorite television show. Or escape into your favorite worship album. Or escape into isolation on an island where nobody else exists. Got you on that one, didn't I? I knew I'd find you somewhere. <laughs> you're whole when you start dealing with the contradictions not by formulating false doctrine but through intimate relationship and connection with God letting his word address all the things going on in your life how do I deal with fear? I see it the way God sees. It's sin. It's not for me. Amen. That's not who I am. Yep. In Christ. Yep. Not who I am. Who through fear of death all their lives were subject to bondage. Right now, the fear of death is so rampant, people can't participate in the glorious privileges God has declared is theirs to take part of. They are so scared they will get sick and die. If they get a sniffle, they're scared this could be COVID. I could go to the hospital. I could die. I could die away from my family. I could this. I could that. Why are you thinking that way? Why? Well, Tim, don't you see the reality around us? Haven't you seen the statistics? Don't you know people who have passed away from COVID? I sure do. I've had some very dear people in my life over the last two years, too many to number, pass away. Trust me, I get it. But it does not define who I am in Christ. And it does not define the liberty of my existence. And if it ever does, I will be immobilized from doing the will of God in my life. Immobilized. From being able to do what God says I should do. Only total faith in the finished work and total surrender can lead us into the place of escaping cognitive dissonance. It's how you escape contradiction. When you get this revelation, you begin to grasp the value that God has ascribed to every part of your life. Every part. You become equipped to press onward to the high calling of God that is in Christ Jesus. Have you ever thought about that passage? 
Paul saying, I press all these things considered. I press onward to the high calling of God that is in Christ Jesus. What was Paul saying? I am living in a time of such contradiction to what God says is his will for me. Everything outwardly is trying to tell me I'm going the wrong way. I'm trying to go into places I shouldn't go. I'm trying to do things I ought not do. I've been put in prison. I've been beaten. I've been stoned. I've been let, let down walls for protection. I've been shipwrecked. I've been left for dead. Had to be raised from it. And all of it's intended to tell me maybe I'm doing something wrong. But I'm pressing onward to the high calling of God that is in Christ Jesus. What is he saying? I'm a new creation. This world has no power over me. None. And even if it finds a little sneaky, tricky little hole in my body existence to find and try and torment me like a thorn in the flesh, it's not going to stop me from pursuing Christ and what he has for me to do. It's not going to stop me. It's not going to stop me. But let me tell you when it can stop you is when the only feeling station you have is this. If this moment is the only feeling station you have for revelation, encouragement, and strength, you're to be pitied. See, this could go so much further if every day of your existence you're fellowshipping with your Father. You're listening to the Holy Spirit. You're letting the living Word, Jesus Himself, take the Logos Word and reveal it to you because He's the one and put it put it together. He's the Word in flesh. If you'll commit yourself. Train your body to go here. Train your soul to direct its focus and attention upon the Lord, to listen for the voice of God speaking to you. By the time you get here on a Sunday, this place will be exploding. The gifts will be moving so prolifically, we'll we'll be trying to find time to speak. And if we do go ahead and speak and it took us three, four hours, you wouldn't care. You wouldn't. Paul preached all night till a young man fell asleep in the window and fell to his death. Paul went down, raised him back up, and what did Paul say? Well, that's enough for the night. Everybody go home. I've pushed you too far. No, he he went back and started preaching some more. You know what he's saying? Times are so bad, you need enough input that you know how to get out of the contradiction of your existence and into what it means to be a new creature in the new covenant. To where you're a heavenly being dwelling on earth, bringing about the kingdom of God to everywhere you're going. You're bringing the influence, the impact, the, 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 the atmosphere of the kingdom of God everywhere you're going. That's the whole idea. It's the whole idea. I know I'm hot. (laughs) You have value. See, I had to see if you guys were alive at all. Yeah. Maybe you're processing, I don't know, but 
I'm telling you, this is a message from the throne. I know it is. Now, every part of who you are has value. Every part, not just one part, not just a second part. I mean, look at what the church did to the fivefold gifts. For a long time, all they would recognize were two of them, the pastor and the evangelist. Ignored apostles, ignored prophets, and ignored teachers. But they were okay with pastors and evangelists. And the church suffered for it. In history, we have suffered from the lack of all the gifts being available to the church, right? So the more we open ourselves up to all the gifts, the more we begin to discover new things, realize there's a lot more to the kingdom of God and our existence on this earth than we thought at first. Do you understand the divine significance of your existence? You are the body of Christ on the earth. He's the head. If you live as though you're detached from the head, you're a freak. No wonder you're in contradiction. You're part of a horror story. Walking around headless, creating havoc. Confusion and chaos in the lives of everybody in your sphere. Causing them to wonder, what's so big about Christianity? What's so big about being a Jesus follower? What's so big about what you're talking about? Because you don't even know where you're going or what you're doing. You're more anxious and worried and fearful than I am. Ha ha. Come on. Now I'm preaching better than some of you are responding. Every part of your being has value with God. Every part. I have something I want to give away today. I have in my anointed hands. They're not tiny hands. $30. $30. In multiples, ten, in tens, in tens. The, you know, monetary value 10, 10, 10 equals 30. Right? Is there somebody in here who would like to have $30? I mean, really, 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 really. I mean, really like to have $30. I mean, you, 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 I, is there somebody here that really needs $30? I mean, come on up here, Meredith. I'm I'm just drawn to you on this one for some reason. I'm scared. (laughs) Would you like 10 of this 30? Absolutely. You would take it if I gave it to you? Just 10, yeah. Take it now? Well, yeah. You could rip it, shred it, I'm going to tape it up. (laughs) You still take it? Yeah. You still take that? Yeah. What about this one? Yep. You take this one? Would you take it now? Thanks. What about this one? Absolutely. You would take this one? Yeah. Are you getting this? Do you see this? Why would you do that? Because I can wash my hands. I got lives 
What's the real reason you would do that? What is it about that that would lead you to do that? I don't want to live in fear. It has value. Absolutely. Your body, your spirit, your soul have equal value. Combined, they have greater value. You have value. You can go see. You have value in the sight of heaven, in your body, in your soul, and in your spirit. And the more you work on dealing with this issue of contradiction, your value increases. Because 10 plus 10 plus 10 will always equal 30. Jesus prayed that you would be one as he and the Father are one. They're not in disunity. They're not beside themselves. They're not arguing with themselves. The Father said, son, will you go? The son said, gladly, I will go. The Father said to the Holy Spirit, will you go aid the Son in my will being accomplished? The Holy Spirit said, gladly I will go. The Son gets to the one point of possible contradiction in the Garden of Gethsemane. The greatest challenge for contradiction, greater than the temptation of the devil in the wilderness Remember, the devil came after the pride of life, the lust of the flesh. Come on. The three things that get us every time. John talks about it. And he targets that in Jesus. He tries to get him to go ahead of the plan, fulfill it a different way than God has prescribed. Avoid the inconvenience. Avoid the fleshly hardship of God's plan and take this easy way. And Jesus resists that. And now he comes to the Garden of Gethsemane and the people that are supposed to be supporting him are asleep. But he knows how vital it is that he resolve the contradiction and the contradiction so severe he sweats drops of blood. And the scripture says, none of you have resisted yet to the shedding of blood. That's what it's talking about. You have not fought your contradiction so severely as Jesus did that you're sweating blood. That's how important being unified within yourself as a new creation is. I hope you're getting this. You have profound value it's been ascribed to you by the creator of all things he gave it to you this value he gave it to you he said you I treasure and I will make a way for you to become 
what I say you ought to become and to function in this life and in the life to come in full relationship with me. It is finished. It's finished. You have value. Don't look in the mirror and let yourself in your thought life go to, I don't look good enough anymore. I'm too rotund. Round is a shape. I mean, I don't have a six-pack like I used to have. I'm starting to show some wrinkles. My hair has gone a different direction. I don't look like I did in my 20s and my 30s. Not meant to. That's not the source of your value in your body. Not the source of your value. What's going on in your body is not the source of your value. Are you hearing me? Train your soul to agree with the opinion of God. So that your soul and spirit working together can tell your body to live out from the life force you have received in Christ Jesus and that the Holy Spirit wishes to daily deposit in your life. Can we pray? Thanks for tuning in today. Never forget that you are loved by a faithful God whose obedient son, Jesus Christ, willingly died on a cross so that you can live today and always from the abundance of his life in you. Please subscribe and share this with others so that they too can experience the three to five that sets you free to thrive. And be sure to tune in next time to Good News That Actually Is. Please visit us at our website, goodnewsthatactuallyis.com. There you'll find transcripts of the program, video files, and other opportunities. We look forward to visiting with you there and ask you to subscribe. Have a great day.